This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Watch the left field deep. Bam going back. Looking up. He will watch it fly. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back. It's one out. He's so He's your home run derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From spin rate to juiced balls to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town. Only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, good afternoon, everybody. It is A's Cast Live before the athletics are going to take on the Texas Rangers. Wasn't a good one last night as the A's lost 8-3. A rough night for Frankie Montas and maybe an audition for Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson now 5-0 on the season. He's 33 years old. They're going to have to move him. It's going to be a fire sale coming up here for the Texas Rangers. They're in full-on rebuild mode. So what do you need a 33-year-old for? It's nice he's 5-0 with a 2.17 ERA, but you're 17 games back. So there could be a couple guys if you're interested, and don't bring me up Joey Gallo. (laughs) I do not. The last thing the athletics need is another swing and miss guy. All right? That is not who this team needs. But we talk about starters all the time. We talk about bullpen help. Kyle Gibson threw the ball real well last night. Five and a third, only gave up two. And this guy's having an excellent season. And now all the rumors are starting to come out as we are, I mean, before you know it, we're going to be at the trading deadline. I think there is no question about it. I mean, we're 40 days to the trade deadline. Coming up on this show, we're going to have Fran Reardon at 315. And then C.J. Nikowski, Rangers broadcaster, but he also does Sirius XM MLB radio. Uh, We're not going to talk a lot about the Rangers. We'll talk about their new ballpark, but I'll talk to him about what a lot of people are talking about. And you know what? It worries me. It really worries me. And I'm going to tell you why. Because people like sports because it's fun. It's entertainment. That's what sports is. We like to sit down and watch. Or some sports, like if you're at a golf tournament, you're walking around, whatever. You want to be entertained. You want to see the best of the best play against each other. The competition is fun. Now, why do we like watching football or the NBA or baseball or hockey or golf and tennis or NASCAR, you name it, whatever the sport is? We love the competition. Like the College World Series right now, or when softball was being played. I sat down with my girls and watching some of these pitchers just blow smoke. 
It's amazing how hard they throw the softball and the way they make it move. It's entertainment. It's fun. But right now, we're doing everything we can to make baseball not fun. And we've talked about different things over the years, the three true outcomes. And now we're into this, you know, we're checking pitchers. It's like the principal told all the kids, hey, you can't do that anymore. We're warning you. And in three weeks, now we're going to actually, if you're skipping school or you're not turning in your, you know, you're not turning in work pay, uh, worksheets, we're going to, we're going to suspend you. I just, the people who always are talking about analytics, I was thinking about this. If you say 100%, okay, baseball fans 100%, how many of that percent, of the 100%, actually give a crap about spin rates? How many people really give a crap about sabermetrics? And then the data I would want, uh, data I'd like to know of all these sabermetricians and these conferences that they have, and all these guys go and they're talking about all these basic math, their math equations, which are these analytics. How many of these people are even season ticket holders? Why are we catering to such a small, minute group of our fan bases? When you go to a base, ask my kids. They come come to baseball games with me. What do they want to do? They want to go to the treehouse and play foosball. You think they care what the pitcher's XFIP is? People want to have hot dogs. People want to have beers. People want to see the ball flying around. They want to see infielders dive in. And and maybe we have a problem also that I've really thought long and hard about today. Why is the NFL so popular? Because they bring you into the game. How do they bring you into the game? They bring you into the game with fantasy football. How many people are sitting at sports bars with their computers following their teams and following their guys and they're emotionally invested in the game because they got a wide receiver. Whether you play fantasy or not, they make millions upon millions of dollars on fantasy football. Are we making millions and millions of dollars off exit velocity? Are we making millions and millions of dollars off analytics and launch angle and spin rates and war and war plus and OPS and OPS plus? What, what, what do we get out of that? Seriously, what do we get out of that? Show me some guy who's written a book about analytics, and that was a bestseller. I love MLB Now on MLB Network, but it's not a highly rated show. So, I, Cody, I've been thinking about this today. What are we doing? Are we, are we trying to do a show for the less than 5% of the people that watch baseball? Because I, I know you're really into it, but I don't think you're the norm. I don't think the norm is worrying about spin rates. I don't think many people watching that game last night and after the game are like, hey, is Frankie Montas spin rates down? I think that's a very small, like Eno Saris is great, but Eno's playing to a very small, minute part of fan bases. Most people, it's entertainment. You want to show up, you want to watch the game, you go home, then you don't think about it. Most people don't leave a baseball game, go home and get on baseball reference. I'm just, this is a reality. I mean, if anything, we should be promoting fantasy baseball more. 
We should be promoting a way to bring the fans more into our game and be like, hey, man, I got Matt Chapman. I got Matt Olson on my fantasy team. So not only do I like the A's, I'm invested because I got this guy who's in my fantasy league. I, I, I don't know where we're going with putting analytics up on the scoreboard. Who are we playing to? Are we playing to the people that show up to our games? I mean, is that I, – I throw out a questionnaire to all your season ticket holders. Give them like 10 line items and say, rank me one to 10 what's most important to you about a baseball game. And I really wonder, are, 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 when we talk analytics, are we playing to a very, very small part of the audience? Because take, take my post-game show. Cody, you listen to the post-game show. Is anybody ever calling up and talking about analytics? No, I mean, and, and you're right. Oh, no, never. And when you say I'm, I, I, you know, I, I'm not the norm. Tony, you're, you're telling me something I've heard my entire life. I've not. Yes, I'm you're not, a yeah, I'm you're not. A I'm, I'm not the norm. Of course, I'm not. I'm oh, not. Man. No, I know. I'm not. I'm not in the majority on that. But you're right. I mean, there are a lot of people when it comes to football and other sports. Fantasy sports is huge. Gambling is huge. Baseball is everything. In baseball, it's completely different. I just don't think that it's gotten big in baseball just yet because it's not it's not promoted like it is in football and well, and it, you know, baseball's changing because football embraced it to where baseball was always afraid of it. But then now, I mean, let's be honest. If people in baseball are trying to say, whoa, wait a minute, gambling. Why is MGM a sponsor then? Why is MGM the sponsor when we went over to Japan to take on the Mariners? I can show you. Where is it here? Uh, I have the base, you know, the opening series, we called it. Everything that we got from that opening series has MGM on it. Didn't baseball just do a deal with DraftKings? Yeah, I believe so. So it's like, you know, what, what? where are we going to go to make our game more fun? And I think hammering people with analytics is not the way to go. I think you're playing to a small crowd. a real, and, and, and I think it's a crowd that is not the season ticket holders. I would bet the majority of these people are not season ticket. It's like, I love baseball. I can't get through any of these athletic articles. When you have an article that's like eight pages long, I mean, I, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I mean, I, I can read the first page, and after that, I'm like, the, the, you know, you're, you're going to fan graphs and all these different places. I don't know how successful they are. I really don't. But I, I think, you know, I just and, – and I want to start the show today because I want to do a show for the fans, the people who just do this and they like the entertainment. I don't know many people who like math. People don't like doing taxes. People hated math classes. So when you start throwing around, like, we can't even tell you how they calculate war. Yeah, no, we, well, we're still trying to figure that out. Yeah, everybody's trying <laughs> to figure that out. Wait, wait, how do you calculate it? And whose war do you use? Do you use baseball reference war? Fan do graphs. You do fan graphs war. <laughs> Which war do you use? I mean, it's, it's gotten to be ridiculous. Yeah. And if you're into that, there's nothing wrong with that. If you're into all of that, cool. But don't. It's obnoxious at times the way people try and jam it down your throat. And if you're not into it, you don't know the game. I was talking to my buddy, Marco D'Angelo, down in Las Vegas today. Uh, he's my gambling guy that I've had on all my talk shows for all these years. 
because you got to have a gambling guy during football season. Where's he from? Where's he from? Uh, Pittsburgh. That's right. Pittsburgh. He owns horses in Pittsburgh. That's why I was like, is he really connected? <laughs> I don't ask. I just know he's really good at what he does. But I was talking to him today. Do you know there's record betting going on right now? They thought the pandemic would kill gambling. There's record betting going on right now. A lot of people got money. A lot of people were given money during the pandemic. And they had nowhere to spend it. So gaming online, people are rushing. Right now, people are rushing to Vegas. He goes, he goes, you see from Los Angeles, I-5. It's just Friday is just car after car after car coming to Vegas. And then on Sunday night, they're all heading home. And he's saying right now, they can't find enough people to work in casinos. It's so hot right now. And not hot because of the weather. Hot because everybody's into it. So I don't know how we go about it, Cody, but we got you got to baseball needs to learn how to really include more of its audience and throwing a bunch of metrics up on the scoreboard. I don't think is the right play because I think the majority of people look up at that and go, I don't care. Yeah, and you're right. And, you know, I don't want to I don't want to bore everyone, but um, uh, you mentioned Frankie Montas and his uh, spin rates. All down from uh, yesterday. Uh, that's all. That's all the farther I'll go. What are we going to do? We're going to hate on him? No, it's just you know. It's... No, no, no. Exactly what you're going to do. Not hating. It's, just... it's your tone. It's your tone, and it's what everybody's going to do with these guys. Oh, look, his spin rates down. Everyone's... Oh, we got gotcha. you. Oh, we got gotcha. you. What? No, Jacob Degrom's spin rates were down too. Everyone's spin rates. Got... So, <laughs> so who are we in the media? We're we're we're, we're taking the moral stance against yeah. uh, foreign substances now. That's yeah. what. That's our role. To whoa, we can get you because we got stat cast. Yeah, it's – what, what I mean, the whole thing is like everyone's going like, to – like we talked about yesterday, they're going to – you're going to get on a guy. It, it's going to be – you have to watch the guys, like I said. You're going to – the guy that everyone's going to get on is Trevor Bauer. And it's going to be – he's going to be the, the, the fascinating case study on this whole thing. It's, you're going to – everyone's going to watch his spin rates. But, but, but who's going to be – but wait a minute. Who's going to be fascinated by it? Who? Well, the only people that are going to be fascinated by it are the people in the media, and that's it. Or, or these people who actually check. I, I bet if you asked 100% of your fan base and you asked everybody and you said, how do you find someone's spin rate? How many people out of that 100% would actually know where to go? It's a great question because if you don't know how to use the website, you're not going to find it. So I'd say probably. How, I, I, many, how many people have even heard of Baseball Savant? I was going to say under fifty percent, probably know how to find it. Oh, I'm going to say I'm going to say it's under ten percent. If I walked around the ballpark and said, "Hey, how do you find spin rate?" We should do that. We, you know, what? we 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 could do our own little experiment and walk around and say, "Excuse me, how you doing, Commander Cody and Townie? Hey, with uh, Ace Cast, just want to ask you a question. If you were to find spin rate on the internet, where would you go? I would I I would be shocked. If we had a couple of people, oh, yeah, just go to Baseball Savant. MLB.com. Um, well, I, I, I don't think people care. Kind just, of. You're half right. It is MLB.com, but you, but you have to go to a specific part of MLB.com. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think pe- people people just want to watch the game and have a good time. Want to have a beer and a sausage. I want to go up to the treehouse. By the way, I heard Dallas Braden last night talking about packages for certain areas in the ballpark. 
Does that mean I'm getting my treehouse back? I saw I saw Dave Cavill tweet that the treehouse will be open. Are we gonna be back in business in the treehouse? Sounds like it will be open. Uh, what the twenty the twenty ninth or so? Yeah. So full. It looks like when we have the ballpark open, when the Rangers come to town, looks like the treehouse will be open. So I don't know when you'll be back in there. We're looking. We're hoping to get back on the field. Hopefully by the second. So hopefully you'll be back in there, which will be great. And before we get to Fran, you mentioned a trade deadline. You said don't mention Joey Gallo. Our friend Jim Bowden, the hardest, literally the hardest guy in sports media to track down. You have to talk to him at 5.45 in the morning if you want to talk to him. 5.45 oh. for us, 8.45 for him. He had in his piece in The Athletic today, uh, he linked the A's to Trevor Story and Nelson Cruz, which is great. He said that a uh, guy the Rangers could look to trade, Adolis Garcia, the potential AL rookie of the year. What? Talking, he's like, he said – um, the way he referenced it is – here's his last sentence. Uh, the Rangers don't want to trade him because he won't be eligible for salary arbitration until 2024. But like with all players, if somebody wants to overpay, Texas will listen. Likelihood of a trade, medium. So he's the Rangers' like my, my biggest up-and-coming player they've had in a long time. And that's saying a lot because Joey Gallo was supposed to be that guy. Garcia has 18 homers and 49 RBIs and seven steals on the season. He ripped the ball last night. He's a he's a good young player for them. He comes from the Cardinal system. Well, he's not young. Well, he's young-ish. He's twenty-eight. Yeah, but the only thing with him is he's tallied seventy-seven strikeouts and has only walked eleven times. But he's still, got sweet Jordans though. Did you see those last <laughs> yeah. night? Yeah. So the thing with him though is like you're going to get rid of him. I mean, I guess if you're going to overpay for him, great. But still, I mean, they're going to get rid of him. They're going to get rid of Gallo, Kyle Gibson. You got um, uh, the only guy they probably won't trade is Isaiah Connor Falefa, their shortstop. That's probably the only guy they probably won't move. Other than that, I think everyone on that team's pro- pretty pretty much open for a trade. Sad. I mean, think about the Texas Rangers. They open up a new ballpark, and COVID hits, and you can't have fans, and it just changes. But I mean, at least they're getting fans. People are showing up because it's the new ballpark, and you know they want something to do. People have been locked up for so long. So, but I mean, to start to to have a new ballpark and never have a honeymoon period. Oof. Well, our man Fran Reardon's been battling in Vegas. I mean, every game it's 115, it's 118, <laughs> and their games are like four hours long. Five. They've played some. Did you see they played a five-hour game? Not surprised. What was the final score? 16 I have to 15? no idea. I mean, they had 16 <laughs> runs last night. 20 hits. Fran's she- boys don't have 20 hits last night. Frank Schwindel might be the greatest offensive player we've ever seen, and he had the greatest offense two years ago. I mean, I bet, but Vegas is a beautiful ballpark. Can you imagine, can you imagine going to a baseball game and it's 118 degrees? No, I don't want to think about that. I'm good. I, I, can't, even, I can't even imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'd be in the pool. I'd got. I mean, it's probably too hot to even go in the pool. But earlier today, I caught up with our AAA manager, the great Fran Reardon. Fran, it's great to catch up again. H- how you doing down there in hot Las Vegas? Well, it's uh, cooled down a little bit. It's only going to be 108 today, so it's uh, <laughs> it's it's a little bit little bit of a break from the the 115s that we've seen here the last week. But uh, it, it's been good. I, I got to think, you know, either pitching in that or catching in that is no joke. 
How much do you guys have to monitor the heat with your players? Well, I mean, catching for sure. You have to let the guys know if they're going to be catching the next day, especially if it's a day game, just so they can, you know, get their proper hydration the day before and the morning of. So that's, that's, that's a big deal because these guys are, you know, putting out a lot of sweat and they're working really hard and it, it's been really hot. So it's, uh, it's definitely a challenge and something that these guys really need to pay attention to. Tell us about uh, Acevedo because he pitched last night and I, I got to tell you, I, I was impressed and his last batter, uh, I mean, his major league debut, his last batter, he's got a three, two count. He throws a changeup, gets the strikeout. And I was like, wow, to be that pumped up and, and to have a pitch like that, uh, in, in your debut, I was very impressed. I, I know he's thrown the ball well for you down in Las Vegas. Give us the scouting report. Well, Domingo's been nothing short of fantastic the entire season for us. He's been our most consistent arm out of the bullpen. Um, you know, he, he's shown three-plus pitches that he's able to throw for strikes in any count. You look at his strikeout numbers, you look at his walk numbers, and they're both off the charts. And you watch the way he competes, and you watch the way he attacks hitters, and he tries to pitch to contact, but his stuff is good. He gets a lot of swing and miss, and he's he's usually pitching ahead in the count. So to, to see him have that success here and, and what is a very difficult pitching environment and then to see him get his, his first opportunity as a, a 27-year-old and to be able to tell him on Father's Day when he just had his first child two months ago was a pretty special day. And the fact that he had a great first inning and his major league debut last night just made uh, everybody here in Las Vegas feel really good. You know, I've asked David Force this before about judging the talent down at AAA that obviously, you know, with the, the, the numbers that everybody puts up, the pitching is not that bad. I mean, this is AAA. These are some of the best pitchers in the world. And you'll look up and a guy's got like a 6 ERA or a 7 ERA. I just, just what do you do mentally to help the pitchers out to let them know, A, you can't always worry about these numbers because they're funny numbers. Well, I mean, that, that's been the case here since we opened up here in 2019. And, and you know, me and Rick Rodriguez, our, our pitching coach, just tried to hammer home the importance of pitching ahead, uh, not being afraid of pitching to contact, and not putting people on base for free. And uh, a good pitch here is, is still a good pitch. A uh, quality strike is still a quality strike. And if you're able to execute and you're able to get ahead, you know, you're going to be able to, to get guys out and, and put up some decent numbers. On the flip side, if you're you're working behind and you're putting guys on on base for free, you, you make one mistake, it turns into a two or three run mistake as opposed to a, a solo home run. And I think you know the last four or five games, the, the pitching staff has done just a fantastic job of limiting damage, attacking hitters, pitching to contact, and you know, it kind of uh, ironically, their their swing and miss numbers have increased and the strikeouts have gone up. So. We're just trying to, to be consistent with our message as far as attacking the strike zone, throwing quality strikes, and pitching the contact. And um, I, I think the guys are, are starting to buy in a little bit, and they're starting to see some positive results. You know, speaking of a message that's been around with the A's for a long time, established by Billy Bean and David Forrest, if you perform, you'll get a shot. And you see that all the time, you know, with Seth Brown up here and now Sky Bolt. And, you know, what, what do you say to your players? You know, because so many guys feel like, you know, they're trapped in AAA. What do you say to your players like, hey, you play well, they're going to give you a shot at some point in the big leagues? 
Well, I mean, just the most recent example with uh, Domingo Acevedo, uh, a player that wasn't on the 40-man roster that had a good spring training, uh, showed a little bit of what he could do there, has a, a good track record when he was with the Yankees, and really performed in uh, an environment where it's it's kind of difficult to perform and, and produce at a high level. And the fact that, hey, we're going to give Domingo a chance because he earned it is something that means a lot to me as a, as a manager in AAA, something that means a lot to the players, to the, the minor league free agents that, that sign in Oakland. They all tell me to a man that one of the, the most important reasons they signed in Oakland is the fact that, you know, it's based on meritocracy. If you earn an opportunity, whether you're a prospect, whether you're on the 40-man roster, whether, you know, you're 25 or you're 32, if you perform and produce and they, they think that they that you can help at the major league level, you're going to get an opportunity. And, you know, you look at Domingo Acevedo and, and our most late, latest call up here, it definitely proves the point and gives guys uh, an actual, actual tangible case study of, hey, this guy earned it, and let's let's go see what he can do with the big club. And you guys just uh, – Oakland just signed Homer Bailey. Is he going to be in your rotation now? I'm not sure what the plan is for Homer. Um, he's probably going to get built up. I'm not sure if he's going to do it here or if he's going to do it in Arizona. But uh, you're talking about another guy with a great track record who has spent you know, 12 years in the major leagues. Um, you know, he's pitched recently with us, so the front office and the, the big league coaching staff knows what he can do and what he's capable of, and he's in shape. He's just pitched, pitched for the Olympic qualifiers, and, you know, hopefully he can uh, be a big part of what we're trying to do in Oakland. You know, the big news up here, obviously, was Jesus Cesardo be, being sent down. When someone like that is sent down, how, how does it work? Do they do they give you a plan and say, okay, this is what we want to see him do and how to get him back on track? Uh, there there is a plan. You know, there's a plan with uh, with Emo, uh, our major league pitching coach. There's a plan with Rick Rod and myself and how we're how we're going to try to get Jesus back on track and try to get him to a point where he can go up and and have the effectiveness that he needs at the major league level. Um, and, and like like any pitcher at any level, it, it comes down to fastball command. It comes down to locating, throwing quality strikes, what we talked about earlier, and not being afraid to pitch the contact. And uh, I think that's something that, that Zeus is going to embrace here. He knows the things that he needs to work on. Uh, he's a tireless worker, and he's got just elite stuff. So, you know, we're going to do everything we can from our end to, to help him thrive and help him get to a place where he can go up and have his stuff shine. Yeah, and, and and it's you know as we talked about, it's not easy to pitch in AAA, and trying to get your confidence back in a place like that, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes with Jesus. And uh, give us an update how AJ Puck is doing. You know, AJ is doing really well. His his pitch ability is coming around every time he takes the mound. What's really nice to see and really nice to hear him talk about is how he feels physically, and we're trying to get him to a point where he can match how he feels physically and his command of his fastball and his slider and his, and his changeup, which has all gotten better seemingly every time he goes out. And you combine that with the fact that his fastball has been up to 97, 98. He's pretty close to where he was pre-injury, and he's not feeling the effects of his most recent setback with his, uh, with his shoulder and neck. So he's, a, he's on a really nice progression, and he's making great strides, and hopefully he'll be at a point soon where he can go, go up again and, and help the, the big league team contend for a World Series. 
you know, I do this minor league report every single day inside the broadcast, and Frank Swindell keeps uh, showing up on my radar. Another two-home run game. He's got 15 on the year, 37 RBIs. I mean, he's one of the most productive players in AAA. T- tell us about Frank. Well, Frank's been the most consistent guy in the middle of our lineup all year. I don't think he's hit anywhere but four, except for maybe one game I had him in the five-hole. And he, he's just been that. He's been consistent. And, and Frank's a rare combination of a guy that has all the power in the world, but he is also very hitterish and is very accurate with the barrel. And depending on the game situation and what, what the at-bat dictates, he has the intelligence and the approach to take his hits when, when you know, they, they give him just a, a base hit and, and he, he knows when to look for damage and seek out to, when to drive the baseball. And He's just done such a great job of that all season. You, you see it in the numbers, you see it in the batting average, you see it in his OPS, his slugging, and his WRC+, plus. All, all numbers that tell you that he's having a, a very elite season at the AAA level. And you combine that with his defense, he's just played unbelievable defense at first base. Um, he, he's just done everything we've asked of him, and he's been one of our most consistent players and leaders in the middle of that lineup. And then I, I, I had no idea that V-Mile Machine would turn into a big power hitter once he got to you. <laughs> well, his, his two-home run night last night was, uh, <laughs> was pretty good for him. You know, he's working on some things here to try to get his lower half into the baseball some more and, and really, uh, really stay on and through the baseball. And he's seen some results so far. He's driven some balls over the wall. Uh, his first home run of the year was a, a grand slam that he just crushed to right center. And then he, he hit two balls over, over 105 miles an hour last night for two home runs. And he's just been consistent. And, uh, you know, it's something that I, I think that I think Oakland needs to see a little bit more, the ability to drive the baseball. Um, he's always been a great hitter. He's always had the ability to put the ball in play and hit for a high average. And now he's, uh, he's combining that with a little bit of damage and doubles and some, some home runs. And it's been nice to see. And I know he's uh, pretty confident right now. You know, there's certain guys who have never been to the big leagues. And you get that opportunity to tell them they're being promoted and their dream is finally coming true. What is that magical moment like for you to give that news to a player? Well, I mean, it's, it's the greatest part of the job. Um, it's, it's moments you live for as a, as a manager or a member of the coaching staff who has been a part of the, the player's journey. You know, it could be a year. It could be five years if they started their career with us and have made it to AAA and then to the big leagues for the first time. And, you know, you can't fake the reaction that you see across the desk when you tell the guys they're going to the major leagues for the first time. It's a, it's a feeling of, of relief for them. It's a feeling of sheer joy. It's, it's genuine happiness and to, to see the facial expressions and to, to hear their words and, you know, their, their inflection in their voice after they, they receive the news, there's, there's no better feeling in the world, you know, for the, for the kid or for the, the manager or coach. Yeah. That's magical stuff. Uh, let's end on this. Is there ever a time when it's like 110 to 120 and you're looking out of that pool and you're like, man, if I could just have like a margarita or a beer and be out that pool right now, do you, does that thought ever cross your mind? Well, if I'm telling the truth, uh, I, I got to say yes. <laughs> because, you know, they'll show people having a great time in that pool on the Jumbotron. And, 
and it, it seems like it's uh, it's 100 miles away. You know, for a fact, it's only about 400 feet away, and you know how much fun they're having. But just it's just the fact that we're playing baseball again here in AAA, and we're playing baseball in front of a lot of fans every night in Las Vegas. It uh, it makes it hard for me to think that I, I'd rather be anywhere else. But yeah, there's been a couple times where we've been, you know, four hours into a four and a half hour game, and you start to to drift with your mind a little bit. And uh, this is this is a good place to do it with that pool in right center. You know, I'm so happy for all of you guys because I know whether it was San Jose or Stockton and just practicing and so many of the guys not even at the alternate site, you know, losing a year, a year and a half of their career uh, for all the coaches, for all the players to get back to doing what you guys do best. I'm so happy for you guys, and I'm glad you're staying safe. And and that ballpark in Las Vegas is absolutely beautiful, and I know we have a lot of fans that fly down. So continued success, and we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Appreciate the time. The great Fran Reardon. Man, four and a half hours in a hundred and something degree heat. Can you imagine warming up in the bullpen and you're just sweating? And you're coming in and th- this will be a time where I say, hey, if I can get five out of my guy, I'm happy. If you can get five innings out of a starter and it's 115 degrees, as he said, it's going to be a cool 108 tonight. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, if you're not used to that, I mean, if you didn't grow up around that, and I don't even, I, I mean, if I, I don't even care if you grew up around it. I mean, that is just when you're going max effort in that kind of heat. I mean, can you imagine being a catcher? You'd lose. Follow it probably five to ten pounds a game. Something you need to ask Ray Fossey uh, during total access today. Whenever it gets, whenever it got really hot in Reno, <laughs> how much? Uh, how many? How, what's the most weight he ever lost during a game in Reno when it got really hot? Well, and then think if you're playing in humidity and it's really hot. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're playing in Texas outdoors or Cleveland. It gets it gets humid in the, oh. in, the in the Midwest. Oh God, uh, sticky and. Ugh. So just so fans remember, uh, the game tonight is on YouTube. So um, the wa- how you wa- get access to the game, youtube.com slash MLB or uh, youtube.com slash athletics. Just want to well, throw that you, out there. You get the, new, yeah, the A's sent out an email. A lot of A's fans, you probably get the email, but the A's sent out an email about how to watch it. YouTube.com slash athletics. Yeah. So that's Make easy. easy. Yeah, it's easiest way to do it. YouTube.com slash athletics. Easiest way to get the game time. Or just listen on if you want to listen to it, just listen on Ace listen on Ace on Ace Cast, yeah. So there's those that's that's you know, we're always gonna tell you to listen on Ace Cast, but if you wanna watch the game, you have to do it on YouTube. YouTube.com slash athletics is the way to watch the game tonight. So let me ask you, was that your computer or my computer that was running some type of video? Uh wasn't mine. Huh? That wasn't mine. Nothing. I got so many things up. I don't even know where it would be. <laughs> yeah, it's not mine. I have three. I have three things open. This video, my email, and the 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 playbook. That's all I have open. That's a. Hey, we're dealing with millennial technology. Uh, I don't know where it's coming from. So we got about less than we got about eighteen minutes, and CJ is about fifteen minutes. 
All right, let's go to CJ. Our buddy CJ Nikowski does a great job on television with the Texas Rangers, and you can hear him all the time on Sirius XM, the MLB channel. Here's CJ. CJ, you know we always appreciate the time. We know you're real busy with the Rangers and also MLB Sirius channel. So thank you so much. It's great to hear your voice. Yeah, man. Good to be back with you, as always. You know, I got to tell you, and, and, you know, Everybody at SiriusXM on the MLB channel has been real good to us here on A's Cast and A's Cast Live. I just love listening to you guys. And whenever you're on, especially on the weekends, you know, it's got to be nice to get away from just talking Texas Rangers baseball and being able to talk about the entire game. Yeah, I mean, I definitely appreciate um, the work that I get with XM on MLB Network Radio. I love the people that I work with, man. I feel like I've been really fortunate. Uh, in all the places that I've worked so far. You know, it makes the biggest difference in the world when you really enjoy the people um, that you work with. And quite honestly, you know, it works out well for me uh, to be able to, you know, make sure that I'm not just focused on one team. Like, obviously, a lot of my energy is focused on the Rangers, but then be able to spend some time a couple of days a week uh, with Steve Phillips in the mornings and really dig in on what's going on around the game. It helps me uh, with the other broadcasting that I'm doing, right? There may be times where a game gets away from us in Texas or there's a story of the day that needs to be talked about even on a, on a game broadcast that I feel like I have a little bit more insight on uh, because I've, you know, I've talked about it probably already that day. So, uh, yeah, man, I love doing it. I appreciate you saying that. It's, it's a good group, and it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I had like a 7 a.m. tea time, and I was driving to the course. It was like 6.15 in the morning, and you were on. I was like, right on. I mean, that was, uh, you know, you do the game at night, get up and do a morning show. That, that's, that's not easy, but that's big league. And take a nap. I mean, that's a big part. I had it this morning. So it was, you know, off air by 9 a.m. Central time for me. It's, you know, 6 to 9 Central, 7 to 10 Eastern. And if I am doing a game that night, I definitely need to uh, get a nap in there, especially if I had done a game the night before. Last night I called the game uh, for the Rangers at uh, here Gold by Field. And so it's early radio. It's about a 5 o'clock wake-up call. Uh, And then I took a bigger nap than I think I've ever taken today. But, yeah, that's that's a key component uh, to keep it going. Well, I got to tell you, seeing a full house is so refreshing, uh, you know, and, and, you know, we we didn't get a whole lot of pictures about your new ballpark last year during the playoffs. But our, our TV here, it's, you know, we got so much footage of what your ballpark looks like last night. I was really, really impressed. Just talk about how nice the ballpark is and how great it is to have a full house. Yeah, they did a great job with it, and right from the beginning here in Texas, that you know, obviously we're not concerned. I'm they weren't concerned. That's not the right phrase, but they decided to go ahead and open up things uh, all the way, which is what they did here uh, in Texas. And so the fact that we had a sellout right from the beginning on opening day, the home opener, that was fantastic. I'll, I'll tell you, it was a little bit almost of a shock to the system after last year calling games with no fans at all. I had to kind of recalibrate a little bit. And remember that you know that natural sound, not the fake natural sound, but the real natural sound in your ear uh, while you're calling the game that's going with the ebbs and flows of the game. You know, you got to come up when they come up and you got to go down a little bit when they're down. And uh, so that was a little bit of an adjustment because it had been a while. But the ballpark is beautiful. They did a great job with it. Uh, it's really, really nice having um, the roof. You know, this past weekend, the Twins were in town and you know, the Twins are struggling, the Rangers are struggling, and yet they were still up over 30,000 for all three games because people like watching the game and they like coming to watch baseball in a really comfortable uh, environment. Plus, you know, you stack that with the fact that the ballpark's just beautiful. I mean, they did so many really cool things uh, with this stadium and it's just an enjoyable place to watch a game. Uh, the reception has been really good. I was actually talking to 
to one of our VPs yesterday, and he told me that there were still people that show up that were surprised that there's a roof on the ballpark. And I'm like, man, we've been talking about this for like four years. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, I didn't know you guys did a retractable roof. Um, so word is still getting out here, apparently, uh, in Texas. But, yes, it's it's been fantastic. It's a, it's a beautiful venue. They do a lot of other things here um, as well. The booth is it's really big. It's all really well done, and it's just a treat to go to work every day. Yeah, I, I got to think for you guys, knowing that you're going to play every single home game, you're not going to have weather delays. You don't have to worry about whether they're going to bang the game or not. That's just got to be such a dramatic difference than being across the street. Yeah, and just even preparing, and that's a big one. You're absolutely right. Knowing the game is going to start on time no matter what, and then just not having to prepare for the heat. I don't know if, if people really understand if you haven't been through it, uh, especially for any extended amount of time. You know, as a player, this was one of my least favorite places to come in the summer just because it was so hot. And the bullpens at the old ballpark, the way they were kind of set up, you're surrounded by cement. There was no airflow. I mean, it was just awful. And they they made some adjustments to the bullpen afterwards on the visitor side. But, you know, to come here for three days in August was, you know, probably about two days too many for me, I remember, as a reliever. And then I, they called it my home ballpark for a little while. Uh, in 2002 and 2003. It didn't seem as bad as then when you're on the home side, um, and maybe because you're here all the time and you deal with it. And then you get in the booth, and we had a home stand a couple of years ago where it was, you know, 10 straight games uh, where game time temperature was up over 100 degrees. And it's not Arizona 100 degrees, right? It's Texas 100 degrees. So that means humidity, and you're sweating, and the windows are open. And, you know, I remember I bought an industrial fan just to have for me during the games to kind of blow on my legs and, and keep me cool, the kind that you would – you would buy if you had like a wet floor and you're trying to, you know, dry your basement floor or something. I'd have that thing pointed at me like where level one is like level 15 for any other normal fan. And I've had that thing pumped up all the way just trying to keep me cool. So I don't miss that part at all, being sticky and hot and miserable. Um, that was a real challenge in the booth. I don't really like wearing shorts to the ballpark. I don't think it's a great look for a broadcaster. Um, but I wasn't afraid to do it a few times across the street. And uh, those days are, are long over, and I'm very happy about that. And Texas Live, which is just right there, really makes going to Ranger games an event. I try and tell people all the time because they've got in Philadelphia. I've been to the Philadelphia Live, but the Texas Live is the best. It's all the restaurants. The barbecue's amazing. It's got the, the bar and there's bands. And it, it's it, it's really changed going to Ranger games. You can even say you can tailgate there for, for, for a Cowboys game, but just, just Texas Live and the new ballpark, that, that's got to feel like it's it's more than just baseball now. It's truly like an event every night. It is, and I think that's part of what the goal has been here for Arlington because it still is a little bit more of a destination. But when you come here, it used to be you'd come to the game and you turn around and leave, and now there's reasons to stay. AT&T Stadium is right here, as you mentioned, so it's also you know, Cowboys events for all the college football games and the other things that go on, boxing matches, whatever it may be. Uh, Texas Live does great in those situations. And, of course, you have all the Rangers games and the college games. And, you know, Globe Life Park across the street is still up and running. And they have high school games where they'll get, you know, high school football games here in Texas where they'll get, you know, 20,000 people uh, attending those games. And there's been some talk about maybe trying to get some football games also at Globe Life Field, the new one, and having multiple high school games going on at the same time. I mean, it's just such a huge sport here uh, in this state. So it is just a rich treat, man. It's really cool. You're right. I mean, of all the ones that they've done around, uh, the ballpark here in the country. This is probably the biggest one. And they have this 100-foot indoor screen. It's amazing uh, to go in there. A lot of times I'll stop and I'll have lunch on my way to the ballpark uh, and walk over to the stadium. But they did a really nice job with it. And so even if you're not going to the game, it's still an event. They have an outdoor um, 
facility there as well for concerts. It's all attached to Texas Live, and when it's up and running and, and it's full, and I've seen it a few times, and it doesn't always have to be Ranger games. Sometimes it's what the Dallas Stars are doing or the Mavericks. If, if they're playing big games and they're out of town, that place is hopping. And, uh, and there's a hotel attached to it, too. There's a Lowe's Hotel, uh, which I stayed at quite a few times, which is a great spot. And you know, it's done so well. It's a 350-room hotel, but it's done so well that they've already broken ground. I mean, another one right across the street um, that is going to be almost 900 rooms, um, so nearly three times the size of the current one. And uh, it's just a, it's a treat. I ran into some Ranger fans the other day. saw some Oakland fans walking around uh, this afternoon that were here. I saw a Jed Lowry jersey. And it's just a, it's, it's a blast, man. They did a great job with it. It was a great idea. Uh, and they continue to, to make it a really great entertainment venue. All right. As a former pitcher, where are you on this? We're going to crack down on foreign substances, and we're going to do it in the middle of the season. Where are you on that? Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, the timing wasn't great. Obviously, I didn't love that for the guys because it is a major adjustment. I think that it's always been something we got away with, quite honestly. I mean, you have to be honest about it. And, you know, through my career, I use a little pine tar here and there. I never got the sunscreen rosin part that never worked for me, so it wasn't something that I would do. But, you know, a lot of what you heard of other guys talking about the baseballs being slippery, I mean, that's been going on for decades. That's something new, and it is a real challenge. And it's a real challenge when you're playing in cold-weather cities early in the year, late in the year, and trying to get a grip on the baseball. And so you'll, you'll do something to help out a little bit. But that's not to say guys wouldn't do it in the summer either um, because it's going to help you break the ball. I mean, there's no two ways about it. You spin a baseball better if you can – um, you know, create a little bit more friction uh, with a foreign substance. So, it, you know, they, they push it too far. And, and, and I, I do feel bad for these guys, but the idea that they went to this Pelican grip and fighter attack and just took it too far where these spin rates were getting out of control, the breaking balls are getting out of control. It's been the toughest environment to hit uh, perhaps in our game's history. And so the baseball had to do something. I think there's a you know, couple of things that stuck out to me about the decision to make it happen now. The biggest one, is the fact that we were headed to one of the worst seasons we've ever had offensively, right? At one point, we're looking at a 235 batting average for the league. That would have been the worst ever in our team's history. Like, that can't really happen um, right now. So I think Major League Baseball kind of scrambled uh, and realized, no, we need to address this right now because this season is, you know, we can't have a season like this. Not right now. Not after a year coming off with no fans. Not going into a year where the CBA uh, is expiring. And who knows? We're all keeping our fingers crossed that there won't be any kind of work stoppage. But you kind of look at both ends of what happened last year, what could potentially happen next year. Baseball could not afford to have a bad season that wasn't entertaining. And so they step in, and yes, they took some people off along the way. And I do have empathy for the pitchers, but I do feel like they just really needed to uh, they needed to address it. They felt like they needed to address it because the offense has just been really struggling. You know, I was asked if I ever used it. I pitched in college. You and I were you and I were in college at the same time, basically. Uh, I'm one year older than you are. I played at San Jose State. And I was talking to one of my old teammates. I'm like, did you ever use anything? He goes, well, if you remember back, hell, there were, there were a lot of games we didn't even have a rosin bag on the mound in college. <laughs> yeah, and the rosin bag is legal. I never had an issue. I never really used that. That never helped me. I mean, maybe a little bit, like, with the sweat. Um, you know, once it got warm, I'd sweat like crazy. Um, I don't think I cheated and you know, used anything in college. But, you know, I did hear Eduardo Perez on our channel. You know, he and I kind of alternate doing the leadoff spot in the morning. And I heard him talking about, um, how it's happening in college and how it's happening at the amateur levels. And that's a big deal. I mean, that's as big of a deal as it is with the professional levels, as far as I'm concerned. As competitive as it is um, in high school baseball and then college baseball, you're either working to try to get a spot in college, maybe you're working to hopefully you're, you're battling other guys for scholarship money, and then you're, of course, trying to then get drafted and move on to that next level. It's really competitive. And to know that guys would be cheating the throw better breaking balls, um, again, some of the script stuff went so far over the top. 
everyone wants a level playing field. Same thing with the PEDs. And so the fact that this has trickled down uh, to the amateur levels, I think, is, is problematic. And I don't know how they're going to address it, uh, but at least we're getting it done here on the professional level. Well, well, let's end on this. And I've been saying this on the show that in the next couple weeks, whether you did it or not in the past, in the next couple weeks, if you don't throw the ball well and there's a difference in your spin rates, people are going to just throw you into that category that you were a guy using some type of substance. Whether you did it or not, if you don't throw the ball well, don't you think people are going to point fingers right away saying, oh, I know now why you're getting hit. Yeah, I think it would have to be an extended period of time to be fair. Uh, but if you do notice that those breaking balls are not quite the same or if the spin drops, either w- whether it's on a slider curveball or even the fastball, and we measure everything so much with such great detail, um, I think it has to be significant. I don't think, you know, a couple of percentage points here and there are probably fair. And I will tell you this, I will see. I mean, I know that the, the super, super sticky stuff uh, probably had a much bigger effect than just, say, the rosin uh, and the sunscreen that some guys have talked about using. Uh, in their careers. And, and again, that, that's the problem. This guy took it too far. So if you see dramatic drops uh, in spin, um, yes, those guys are going to hit around, but you don't see a dramatic drop in spin. I mean, it's a fair question, right? Is it because they were using that, that using that stuff to have a little bit better control? And there's also the psychological element, right? I've always said this about PEDs. One of the things that may be envious or angry about thinking about the generation I played in and knowing the mental challenges of trying to be an everyday big leaguer, thinking, you know what? A lot of these guys had the mental part beat because they stood in the box knowing they were cheating. They, they stood in the box knowing that they had an advantage. And so now you have pitchers that could be in that same mindset where for the longest time they had that really good grip that made them feel good. Now they're sitting here on the mound and maybe the ball feels a little bit slippery and it's starting to mess with their mind a little bit. And then that, you know, all of a sudden they're not the same guy. So, yeah, give it a little bit of time, but I think it's probably fair to some degree. Um, and we'll see if any more guys get asked directly. I mean, that Garrett Cole situation was wild, man. I mean, you don't see it too often where – he just flat out asked the guy if you ever use spider tack. And um, I don't think he wasn't ready for that question. Yeah, never in my life did I think I'd be bringing you on talking about copper tone or Neutrogena <laughs> sunscreen. Or then we even looked up spider tack. Like you can get spider tack, uh, Amazon Prime. You can get it for like 15 bucks and it'll be at your house tomorrow. Never thought we'd be talking about this stuff. I know, man. It's wild. And just, you know, what that stuff is made for, I'm sure you've seen it for these. You know, the strongest man competitor guys that, that walk around with boulders and like basically don't want the boulder to slip. And now you put it in a big way pitcher's hand um, with a nine inch baseball that weighs five ounces. I mean, you could see why it would be so effective. Hey, well, thank you so much for the time. I know how busy you are. It's always great to have you on the program. I'll be listening on Sirius XM and uh, have a good broadcast tonight. Uh, I'm actually off tonight. It's a YouTube game, but I appreciate it, Chris. Always great to catch up with you. He's a good dude. I always love having CJ on. Uh, by the way, Tony Kemp not in the lineup tonight. Really? Uh, well, Matt Chapman's back, batting second against the lefty uh, Hearn. So, but your you're hot, your hottest guy? Well, lefty lefty matchup. I guess you don't want to you want to play the the. The lefty-ready matchup. Oh, no. Nick Paparesta has talked to the media today. Mike Fires felt elbow discomfort when throwing. Going to see Dr. James Andrews. That is not good. What is good, Trevor Rosenthal began some baseball activities today and could start throwing a, start a throwing program in the next few days. That is great news. 
Yeah, remember he's coming back from the uh, thoracic outlet syndrome. So, you know that was devastating when we heard, when we heard that happened. Rosenthal, the biggest free agent signing by the A's this offseason, and we didn't get a chance to see him pitch in the regular season. We saw him pitch a little bit in spring training. Um, we had him on Ace Cast Live during spring training. Um, so we're hopefully good to see him pitch maybe in the next month or so. We'll get to see him in the stretch run. So it'll be great to have him come back at the back of the I, bullpen. I, I, I would bet more like August. Oh, well, okay. Next month or so. So, you know, that's end of July, August. <laughs> I mean, that if he's back in July, that's shocking. I'll be shockingly good. Hey, maybe be incredible. if you can add one guy at the uh, – one guy at the uh, trade deadline. I mean, there's some guys in Jim Bowden's article. I mean, Richard Rodriguez and the Pirates will be great because he doesn't cost anything. Um, you know, he, he, he matches a lot of guys. I mean, Max Scherz would be a great starter to go out and get, but uh, I don't know if the I don't know if the Nationals are going to trade him. But hey, Cole Irvin on the road, two and two with a two point seven six ERA. Where he's been bad is at home. Yeah, two and five with a four point five three ERA. So on the mound tonight against Taylor Hearn. Who? Former Pirate Taylor Hearn. Don't you forget it. Uh making his second start in thirty-nine career appearances. Yeah. I I think I know where I'm leaning. If if I was putting out the bet the first, you know, you bet the first five innings, I think I'm going with Cole Irvin over Taylor Hearn. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to get into spin rates because we already went over this. Why is Taylor Hearn's spin rates changed? He hasn't he hasn't pitched no, yet. No, without the stuff. No, Cole Irvin's spin rates went down in his last start. Oh god! But that was at home. That was at home. Let's see what he does on the road. <laughs> but that's that's all we got today. We're going to play Eric. We're going to play the Hall of Famer Eric Nadell leading into Ace Total Access. All right, we'll be back at 4:05 Ace Total Access, and don't forget. It's a YouTube game. You can find it all. I, I've already looked. MLB.com. Go. They're te- they're, they, they pop it up right away. Everybody's promoting it. It'll be easy to find. Nothing to see here. But if you do need help, go to YouTube.com slash athletics. I'm excited because these YouTube games, if I remember correctly, we can see how many people are actually watching it. Yeah, and you can see the comments and stuff running uh, streaming across, too. Oh, it's going to be A's and Rangers hate in the right-hand column. I cannot wait. We'll see at 4.05. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash 
the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.